This episode is going to be very different from the previous ones this season and, and maybe even any of my podcasts that I've done because this one is totally unscripted. I have no notes in front of me. I have made no notes in any way whatsoever. The only thing that I can say is that I do know the title beforehand because I believe it is a God thing that he, he showed me this phrase, estimated time remaining, and it was significantly centered in the events that have been going on in my life in the, the last uh, few weeks. And so it seemed incredibly relevant. One of the reasons why estimated time remaining is relevant is because you'll notice there's a gap between the time period of the fourth episode and now the fifth episode of this season. And and I had prided myself in being able to get podcasts turned around in a relatively quick fashion, and we did four within the, the, the scope of about two weeks. And I thought, man, I'm, I'm on a trend and this is going well. And then here we go. And that was April 12th when episode four came out. And then here we are, April 30th. And we're just now producing another episode. And it's not due to a lack of interest and it's not due to a lack of content. It is due to uh, the fact that we have had the reality that we have had yet another uh, death in our family. Um, since the beginning of this year, since episode four, we have we have had a second funeral in our family, and that's the second one since January first. And uh, the one in January, I actually performed the funeral. I uh, officiated the funeral for uh, for a family member, and then uh, we've been through a series of things, uh, and that was a, a slightly out of town funeral. But uh, then we've been through a series of issues here in town uh, over the last uh, three weeks, and and it's just it's amazing how quick everything really kind of happens, and uh, how quickly things change. And and to show you how crazy it is, I mean, I released episode four on April twelfth, and on April thirteenth, uh, we lost. The family member, and it was a sudden thing. It was a we knew some things had been going on. There were some health issues that had gone on uh, just in the the few days before that. But when I recorded episode four, I did not intend to. Uh, we did not know that within the next day, uh, before the end of the next day, we would have lost uh, that loved one. So prayers obviously are continued to be needed for those of us that are still here, for the family members that are are still mourning and will mourn for some time. Um, but that that's that's just how everything begins to shift. And so when God released to me this this title, He just kind of pointed out this phrase, "estimated time remaining," and it was obviously in reference to something that was that was processing. Computer related, it was a processing thing, but it was God was showing me. <laughs> See, you really only kind of know part of the question. You only know part of the the picture. You don't have all the puzzle pieces. You don't have the entire book, uh, let alone the entire series. You don't have access to all of those things, and so you're going to have to rely on the estimated time that I give you. And and there are those that that have issues with that. And, and and I'm not saying that I don't at times. I do. There are times I'm like, I wish that I had a firmer understanding. But then in reality, if you really knew that well uh, what's coming around the corner and when it would be coming around the corner, you would your life would be futile. 
I mean, it really would be. I mean, people think, you know, I wish I had known in advance I could have been prepared. No, you wouldn't have been prepared. You're never prepared for those things. You're really not. And if it would be just the opposite, you would be in a forever state of depression and anxiety, waiting for that shoe to drop, knowing when it would drop. And that that's that's miserable. And I know in the case of this particular family member that um, in, in her case, it happened quick enough for her to find resolution, but it also happened slow enough in order for those around her uh, to be able to communicate with her and to spend time with her. And even she, just an hour before she was gone, uh, was still communicating and laughing and uh, and uh, saying her goodbyes to people. She was ready. So it is, it's actually very rare when you get those opportunities, both as the person who is passing away and, and also those family members who were left behind to mourn. It's very rare when you have that, but we had that in this case. And so I, I, God was definitely blessing us all uh, in that regard. Now, having said that, now I, I want to move on into the guts of this. I'm, I'm not going to get into details of my personal life, and I've said that in the past, and I said that in season one. There are rare moments when I will give you details of something. And I did that in the final episode of season one, where I was talking about divorce and being a divorced parent. Um, that is a unusually intimate topic for me uh, personally. Now, I will get into topics and details, but rarely will I get into it in my own personal life. And that, that's pretty much the most personal that I've gotten, I think, in my podcasts uh, in a very long time, in years, uh, there with that episode. But this one, this is this is as personal as it gets on here. I'm not going to to go delve any deeper to that, out of respect for the family as well, as out of self respect. You don't need to know all the details of my life, just like I don't need to know all the details of yours. But we do all share the same things ahead of us. We all share that phrase: estimated time remaining. And that's in so many things in our lives. Everything that we do is an estimation of how long it will take. You realize that, right? I mean, even even when you pop a meal into the microwave, yes, there's a set time that uh, the box tells you to put something in, but very rarely do we uh, we know precisely down to the second uh, when everything is ready. And it's God's designed it that way on purpose. We are supposed to live. Uh, in estimations. But because we estimate, we either live fully or we live miserably based off of that. If we want all the answers all the time, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we will live our lives miserable. We will live our lives in anxiety. We will live our lives in a depressed state because of the awareness of what is around the corner or out of dread of what is around the corner. And that God did never intended for us to live our lives that way. And I, I really do believe that that is a part of the whole Garden of Eden experience. I do believe the first fruit uh, and uh, the tree and, and the issues that, that were brought up there in Genesis, I do believe that it is a reflection directly on this concept. I think God was telling Adam and Eve, I've given you everything you need to know. I've given you everything you need to have. I've given you the environment you need to be in. And I've given you presence with me. And 
be content with that. Because if you know too much, if you have too much knowledge, it will destroy you. It will lead to death. And there are theologians that, that, that try to say that, you know, if, if Adam and Eve had not eaten of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that they would have lived forever. It doesn't necessarily say that. Scripture does not say that that's what was the, the plan. It says that you will die, you will face death if you eat of the tree. Now, God didn't say what form of death it would be. And this is where people, I think, they reach beyond certain things. It's a death of innocence. I think biologically, Adam and Eve were still going to age and, and die. I do believe that. I don't think that they were originally intended to live forever. I don't think God created this vast planet, this earth, and I don't even like using the word planet because there is only one. Um, go back and look at, listen to previous podcasts, you'll understand where I'm coming from on that. He created this earth not for just two people. He always intended for Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. I do believe that. He always intended for humanity to grow. That's a part of the blessing of being a human is the interaction between each other and the mating process, but also the growing and bonding and the the bearing of children and the raising of children and and the, the multiple... I think that was always intended. And I don't see anything in Scripture that tells us otherwise. And so that this is where, where I go with it. So I don't think that he put Adam and Eve in the garden and said, okay, it's just going to be the three of us now. Or if you want to look at it from the perspective of the Trinity, uh, it's just going to be the five of us. I don't think that was his intention. I think he was intending for them to go through a normal process of, of, of living, growing, dying, and passing on to the next generation. But he also was saying, be content with what I've given you. Be content with this process, with the estimated time that you have. Because if you try too hard and you, you seek too much knowledge, it will lead to another form of death. It will lead to a death of innocence. It will lead to a death of peace. And we face that every day. We face that with our family. We face it with our friends. We face it with, with our jobs that we have and the books that we read or the shows that we watch or the music that we listen to or the interactions that we have throughout the day. And we, we stress ourselves. We stress ourselves with all of this to try and squeeze out as much as we can from the moment out of fear that we won't have the next moment. Instead of, instead of enjoying the moment that we have with a firm knowledge and security and peace in knowing that it never actually ends. We get so focused, I know I get so focused in on how do I feel today at this moment? 
who do I have in my life at this moment? Who have I had conversation with? Who's who likes me? Who who is caring about me? You know, and it is a me, me, me. I mean, and we're we're all fools to to try to claim that we don't see life that way. We do, um, but it's we get caught up in that. At this moment, is everything the way I want it ideally to be? And we make ourselves miserable if it isn't. A fear that we'll never get there. And yet, the two loved ones in my family that we have lost here on earth since January, their existence is not like that. When when they left their flesh behind and they became purely spiritual, there are no regret moments at that point. They are forever in the presence of God. <laughs> there are no worries and frets and anxieties. There, there are no imperfect days. There are no wonderings of, does this person like me or am I successful? And it, it, There's none of that. It's, it is pure interaction with our Creator. That's it. There, there it is. All anxiety is gone. All pain is gone. All fear is gone. All resentment is gone. All regret is gone. All of that is, is no longer with us. It is, it is the perfection of what our soul is intended to be and to experience. And it gets our mind, the fleshliness of us, out of the way because we are our own worst enemies. <laughs> no question about it. And... We stand in the way of us enjoying every moment of our lives. Because we're so scared that we won't have the next moment. Not realizing that if we don't have that next moment here in the flesh, that next moment now is eternity with God. Wow. So in other words, if I'm not content with the misery that I have right now, And that's really kind of the way it is. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm going to make myself miserable because my day is not going the way that I want it to go. Uh, fearful that I won't have another day or that tomorrow won't be a better day. Completely forgetting that if for some reason tomorrow doesn't exist for us, we now have eternity with God. And all of these pains and concerns and fears and frets and all, all that bother is gone. So, what is it exactly that we're not looking forward to? What is it exactly that we're fearful about? Why, why are we cleaning, clinging so hard to now? I mean, if you sit and you rationally think about it, we shouldn't be. Now, the very human, very mortal side to us doesn't see it that way, obviously. If you're a parent with small children, you want to see those children grow and you want to see the pleasure of seeing them become adults and you want to become a grandparent in most cases. Uh, if you are a young person and you are yet to even be married, you, you, want to, you want to have a mate. You want to have a partner. You want to be able to have children someday and you want to look forward to those events. If you already have adult children and grandchildren and you're enjoying that time, there is a stage in there where you you look forward to them having their next stage, right? If you have children, as I do, you look forward to them having children and, and seeing them being blessed by that next generation. 
And you look forward to being your grandparent too, of course. But it, and it goes on and on. And if you're already a grandparent, you kind of are hopeful that maybe you'll get to be a great grandparent. You get to see that next generation and so forth. Your priorities change throughout life, human life. But the truth is, the ultimate goal really should be not to not be here anymore. The ultimate goal is to be in the presence of God. The ultimate goal isn't to accomplish a career. The ultimate goal shouldn't be, at least, to, to do those things. It shouldn't be to climb the ladder, to reach the summit. Uh, those are all futile things, because once your last breath is taken here, None of that matters. None of it matters. And it, and I will say this, for those of you that have been sitting here listening to me and you're going, yeah, but what if you're not saved? Well, okay. It's still the same thing. When that last breath is taken, everything about you completely changes. Completely changes. Your priorities become something very different. Whether you're saved or or not saved. Now, if you're fretful in this world about taking your last breath, it's because, realistically, deep down, it's because you fear what is next. Now, if you're an atheist or agnostic, you may say there isn't a next. Okay, well, if that's the case, then why aren't you enjoying the moments that you have more? Seriously. I mean, if, if this is all you got, and you don't know when it's going to end, why aren't you enjoying it more? Why aren't you pushing yourself to enjoy it more? Why aren't you focusing on that more? Uh, and yet most people that I know that are atheists or agnostics, quite honestly, they're miserable human beings. They're absolutely miserable. Now, is it because they don't have a future idea? Is it because they're constantly being reminded that this is it, that, that when I die, I die, and that's it, and there is nothing, and so this is what I've got? And so as a result, they make themselves miserable because they're concerned and fretting over what limited amount of exposure they have to happiness. And so therefore, they make themselves unhappy. Is that it? I don't know. I'm not an atheist. I'm not an agnostic. I, uh, I don't see life that way. And when I was, I was a child, and I didn't focus on these things. And I certainly didn't focus on them deeply. So as a, as a Christian... I don't look at this world and go, gee, I really, I really hope that I get more of it. I, I, it's limited. No matter how much I get, I could get another 80 years. It'd be my 130s, but if I got that kind of time, would it be still the best that I'm ever going to experience? Of course not. In fact, the more years I'm here, uh, the less quality I have in this flesh. Uh, my mind may continue to expand to an extent, but then there's a point where it doesn't anymore. My body may be mature, but then there's a point where it doesn't mature anymore. It, it begins its decay. And there is a peak in the flesh. And everything past that is a degradation. So there is a limit to what you can do, where you can go, who you can be around, how much time you can spend with people, how much you can enjoy, how much pleasure you have, and how much you can exert energy toward things. But 
there is none of that once that last breath is taken and God takes you home. None of that is there anymore. There are no more limits to any of that anymore. And I, I hear people that talk about, you know, I'm going to miss people here. No, you're not. You won't even remember here. Or, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to passing away so that I can be reunited with so-and-so. I don't believe that that's the way that it works because Scripture doesn't necessarily tell us that that's the way it works. It doesn't tell us that we're suddenly reunited with people uh, in the way that we think of it in this world. And, uh, and it, it, it's funny, one of, my, uh, one of my cousins had had a, a, a dream that referring to, and this is ballpark, but kind of referring to the idea of, of uh, hearing from a past loved one and them saying, I haven't had time to see these other people that I was looking forward to seeing because I've been spending all of my time with Jesus. <laughs> let's, let's focus on that part. You will be so unbelievably in absolute love and awe with the presence of Jesus that your most coveted family and friend, lover, that you've ever experienced in this world won't even pass through your consciousness, if, if you can call it a consciousness in the spirit. You won't think about any of that because you're in the one-on-one -on -one presence with Christ. Everything else vanishes out of your viewpoint. None of it matters. So I say, and this, this holds heavy to Protestants, but it, it's heavier with Catholics. If you're looking forward to the last breath and you moving on and that estimated time remaining being zero, and it's so that you can be, quote-unquote, reunited with family and friends, I think you're going to be, I think you need to kind of readjust your preparation a bit because to be with God will become everything. And if right now me saying that, that creates a sense of dread or regret or sadness for you, then I beg of you to spend some time with the Lord in prayer because there's something that still needs to be corrected in your salvation. Because if, if what you find in that, that you regret or you find a, a sense of, of frustration, you're not going to be reunited with a loved one because you're going to be in the presence with Jesus. You haven't really fallen in love with Jesus yet. If that makes sense. Right? You haven't reached it yet. And because you're hearing this right now, you have an estimated time remaining to correct that. You have an ability to correct that situation. You can fall in love with Jesus today, next week, if you're still here. You still have that opportunity to have that kind of a feeling so that what fills you is excitement and joy and energy to take that last breath 
so that you can be completely distracted from everything else you thought you needed from heaven because you are in the one-on-one presence with Christ. He should be the longing for you. You should be looking forward to this is everything that I will want and desire and need. Every good, full potential of emotion, everything that I am designed to feel at its utmost uh, potency is connected to you having a direct one-on-one presence with Jesus Christ. Pray on that. Love y'all. I'm praying for you. Until next time.